Now, Sunday by Sunday, I'm bringing you a series based on the book of Romans, chapter 12, Times of Renewal. Uh, And today, I want to talk to you about renewing your spiritual gifts. But in general, when it comes to times of renewal, you you know that it's, it's relevant, renewal is relevant when something has passed. So if you're going to renew your subscription, it's because something has passed. There's a need for renewal. If you want to renovate your house, it's because the house needs something doing to it. And so renewal means that there's some pressure, there's something that requires your attention. And that's why I believe that in this time of pressure, as we face uh, almost global shutdown, well, at least 25% of the world is in shutdown, when we are threatened by pressures and uncertainty financially, economically, even in our health, uh, this this is the great opportunity for spiritual renewal, and I, I will explain why these strange testing times are an opportunity for us to find spiritual renewal and also renewal in so many things, the way we do things. I don't think that church as we knew it and did it before this will ever be the same. I know and certainly believe anyway that the body of Christ will be more connected. We will be more appreciative of the fact that we are the body of Christ, not just when we assemble in a building. I'm not suggesting that we're all going to go electric and uh, we, we won't want to meet together when all this is over uh, face-to-face. Of course we will. We'll long for face-to-face uh, connection and long to be able to give somebody a holy handshake uh, uh, um, or, or a holy hug, not from two or three meters away uh, with a face mask on. We will want to be together and gathering together physically, and, and I think we'll appreciate that more than ever before. But some of the things that we've learned about how important we, it is for us to be the body of Christ, serving God with our gifts and ministries throughout the whole week, even when we were socially isolating, where we don't have contact with people other than through social media or telephone, we are still able to serve and minister to one another and the world can see the the better part of human nature as many people, Christian and non-Christian, are being sacrificial in their service. We are praying that there will be a manifestation of spiritual gift which is upon what is already apparent naturally and humanly and in that, through the grace of God, the person of Jesus Christ will be manifested. Okay, so let's turn to Romans chapter 12. I'm going to read uh, just verse 3, and I will come back to some of the other verses on another occasion, but might give you a foretaste before we finish. Here it is, Romans 12, verse 3. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. Rich teaching. Renewing your spiritual gifts. Now, I know I'm experiencing it myself, and I'm sure you are, that 
there is a change in our attitudes when some of the things that we take for granted and have taken for granted, you know, even just, just freedom of movement. Uh, this has made us feel uncomfortable, but, but in a strange way, it's given us an opportunity. There is a, a deeper sense of dependence on God to see us through difficult times. Uh, uh, what, we, 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 on the other hand, we're not saying, look, um, we just do nothing and let, uh, and let God do everything. No, no, no. We know that we have to do our part. And I, I, I know you are, and we see many examples of people who are doing their part, even from the point of view of just simply staying at home, maintaining uh, that uh, social distancing, but also offering help to others. And, uh, but in that, we are doing what we can do. We are trusting God, we are believing, we are praying, we are doing what we can do. But we do that out of a dependence on God for God to do what only he can do. I have experienced those moments all over the world, either in times of personal difficulty or ministry challenge or at the point of ministry to others, whether it's to individuals or to multitudes. There comes a moment when you have prayed, you have prepared, you have taken care of everything that you can take care of, and all you can say is, Lord, now, Lord, do what only you can do. And I think we're in that moment in Great Britain and across the nations of the world where we can join together as believers and say, God, do what only you can do. The medical people can do so much and thank God for what they do do. The economists can only advise so far and, uh, and thank God for the advice that they give and sometimes that advice is advice that is going to be followed. We thank God for what scientists say and what they can do and difficulty in interpreting the science but we thank God for all that we can do humanly and I think it is so important that we make our best efforts at every moment in every situation. But there comes a moment where spiritual gifting has to take over, where revelation from God and the manifestation of the power of God and the prayer at that point is, Lord, do what only you can do. I can't do this. I have no power to multiply the loaves and the fish. I have no power to still the storm. I have no power to command the ravens to feed. I have no power to bring people into a place where they are receptive to God. I have no power to communicate a message from the Holy Spirit by myself. But at this time, it is a prayer that we all pray, Lord, do what only you can do. Amen and amen. And I think it's that kind of prayer that is behind the teaching coming from Romans chapter 12. And this has been preceded by uh, other verses which we've looked at. I'll just dip into it. We don't have to turn to it today. But Paul says in Romans 12 verse 1, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Remember that. This is the basis of all the appeal that the Apostle Paul makes here in Romans chapter 12. Everything that God is saying to you about spiritual renewal begins 
by this presentation of yourself before God out of gratitude and joy that God has had mercy on you and that he's accepted you. He has made you acceptable to himself in Christ. And the only logical response, the only consistent response is to make yourself available to him. This is a whole life response. Now, during these times when we don't have access to the church building as much as before, even to, to present live worship, we, we, we appreciate the singers and the musicians of all these creative ways of bringing worship to you. It's wonderful, it's marvelous, and I love it. It's of many, many, many times it's the high spiritual moment when we are worshiping together like that. However, I want to say to you, as you already know, that worship is not just about the singing or, 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 or the music. Actually, worship is a whole life response as we present our bodies as living sacrifices. In other words, new covenant believers, we're not bringing goats and bulls to the altar uh, as dead sacrifices. We are bringing ourselves to the Lord as people who are alive and who have something to do. And you know the difference between a dead sacrifice and a living sacrifice? Well, a living sacrifice can get up and walk off. <laughs> but no, we have that willing response of staying on the sacrifice. And you all know the difference between an egg and a chicken when it comes to breakfast. The egg is a contribution, but the chicken is a whole sacrifice, a total sacrifice. And which you want to be, the chicken or the egg? All right, we won't go there. But here we are presenting ourselves before God. It's a logical response, a whole life response. And all of these are discipleship issues. Now, Paul talks about being renewed in this passage, but actually, it's being renewed in what we already have. We are called to be disciples, so I think this is a key. Every principle of discipleship, which is the call of Jesus to follow him, is also a principle of renewal. And so let's have a look at how this works out. The Apostle Paul now says, I want you to make yourself available as you've made yourself available to God. I want you to make yourself available to others in acts of service which are spiritual and spiritually empowered. So he says, I want you to know that your acceptance before God the grace that he's given to you, which makes you acceptable to God, is also a grace that equips you to help and serve other people. The grace of God that brings salvation is also the grace that enables us in what we can call spiritual giftedness. God enables you by his spirit with spiritual abilities. Natural abilities are wonderful, but spiritual abilities are up above that. And the spiritual abilities that God gives you are the things that impart the revelation and manifestation of Jesus Christ to those who are around you. So Paul begins by talking about his gift. He says, for by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you. Pause and see. Uh, Paul is speaking from a place of spiritual gifting. 
He says, for by the grace given to me, I say to you. What is he claiming here? He is saying, I have a, a specific grace gift. It's an enablement from the Holy Spirit. What I receive, I give to you. What I have, through the help of the Spirit of God, I pass on to you. My teaching, my words, what I have received, I pass to you. I think that's the most beautiful description of spiritual giftedness. Uh, it's what you have. It's what God has given you. Share it. You know, the miracle of the loaves and fishes was, was not performed in the hands of Jesus. When you read the text, Jesus broke the bread and the fish and passed it to the disciples, the broken pieces, and they had just small pieces of fish in their hands and small pieces of bread. But as they began to give it, and as they began to share it, so it multiplied. That's the miracle of spiritual renewal. That's the miracle of spiritual giftedness. You break what you have and you share it with others and God multiplies it and takes what you have to a higher level and you look back and you say, wow, we fed 5,000 people. How did it happen? It was a miracle of Jesus that took place in your hands because what you received, you gave to others. And uh, Paul says... Uh, in Romans chapter 12, verse 3, he says, For the grace uh, uh, I, uh, given to me, um, I say to you, everyone among you, not, not to think of yourself more highly than he ought to think. And I think this is, this is very important. When Paul says, he's basically saying this, look, don't boast in what your, what your gifting is. You know, I think gifted people, uh, and we're all gifted, that gift set in the socket of humility causes the jewel of our gift to glitter and shine and be far more attractive. But when the jewel of God's beauty and gift within us is encased with pride, with arrogance, with all kinds of other fleshly stuff, it is ugly and it's even hard to see the gift of God. But when you, when you say, he must increase, I must decrease, God, it's not me, not I, but Christ. And when you are humble in the presence of God, the beauty of his gift within you will shine. Sometimes people, they get things, get things wrong, they think of themselves more highly than they ought to think. And in that, they're arrogant and they behave that their spiritual gifting was something, their personal talent. Look how wonderful I am, I can do this. You can't do anything other than God has given to you to do. The other thing that we do is we hide our gift. If God has given it to you, you can't be so shy. So, oh, I can't do it, I can't do it, I can't do it. No, you can do it. Don't be falsely humble. And don't be arrogant. Basically, just be who God has made you to be. Paul said, I am what I am by the grace of God, and therefore I can do what I do by the grace of God. No arrogance, no false humility, but sober judgment. Don't think of yourself more highly than you should, but think with sober judgment. In other words, be real. Be real. If you exaggerate your gift, it's a lie. If you minimize it, it's a lie. But if you express it, it's the truth. It's, maybe it's a hard balance. And sometimes we fall between one of the two, the two traps. But let's have a look at Paul's gift a little bit more in more detail because it's an interesting story. 
Uh, Paul, again, as I mentioned before in another message, he, he's writing to Timothy. And somebody who was watching online said, well, who is Timothy? Okay, I hope you've had the answer to that. Well, Timothy was Paul's assistant, the Apostle Paul, the great apostle in the early church. He traveled the nations of the world preaching the gospel. One of his assistants was Timothy, his own son in the faith. This man, young Timothy, he was mentoring him. And he was his spiritual son, and Paul was a spiritual father. And Timothy was timid in many ways, needed a lot of encouragement, at least two letters to help Timothy, one Timothy and two Timothy to encourage him. And in the context of encouragement, Paul writes to Timothy, 1 Timothy 1 verse 12, I thank him who has given me strength, Christ Jesus our Lord, because he judged me faithful, appointing me to his service, though formerly I was a blasphemer, persecutor, and insolent opponent, but I received mercy. What's mercy? Mercy is not getting what you deserve. I received mercy because I'd acted ignorantly in unbelief, and the grace of God, what is grace? Grace is getting what we don't deserve, God's unmerited favor, and the grace of our Lord overflowed for me with the faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. A few points from this. Right, number one, grace takes care of your past. I don't just mean your past before you came to Christ, though that's the context that Paul is speaking about here, but Paul knows that he was not made perfect the day he came to Christ. So we can say, your past, let me turn this way, everything from behind, everything to do with the past. If you have brought it to the Lord, it is over with and finished with, and you can be renewed. You can be strengthened. You can be restored. Think of Paul's shame. We know that he struggled with this, but he had a breakthrough. You see, Paul, before he was known as the Apostle Paul, he was Saul of Tarsus, who was a, a, a very strict observer of Judaism of that day. He was a great persecutor, a, a horrible persecutor of Christians. He, was, he actually persecuted them to the point of blood. And that's why he says, formerly I was a blasphemer, a persecutor, insolent opponent, but I received mercy. Isn't it wonderful that whatever is behind us, no matter what your sins have been or your failures, let's call it what it is, sin, disobedience, or the things that we've stumbled over or the things that we've fallen short of and we, we, we struggle with this sense of shame. He wants to break that sense of shame to set you free from all your hurts, all your shame, everything in the past. Put the past behind you. Step forward in a new future under the grace and mercy of God and you will be useful in the ministry of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Uh, so God takes care of your past and he does it this way. He takes you from being part of the problem and makes you part of the solution. He turns you from an antagonist into a protagonist. He takes, it changes you from being a drainer to a radiator. He makes you a giver and not just a taker. 
He turns you from a persecutor to a preacher, from an indifferent person to a passionate person, from a person who was a mocker to a person who's a praiser, a person who was cynical to somebody who is walking and talking in faith. That's the miracle that God can perform in your life. And in that new you, that new place where God's grace is upon you, you can be a useful member of the body of Christ. Grace produces that faith and love in Christ that Paul is talking about. Paul in Galatians says, faith works by love. Oh, how important it is. There are people who I have faith and you look at them, you say, I wish you had a bit more love. And there are people who love everything and everybody and you wish they had a bit more faith, uh, uh, genuine faith. You see, love and faith go together. Facts, the truth about who Jesus is. Faith in Christ is worked out through love, but also love has to work by faith. You can have a lot of love, but without faith, you can't get something done. You can have a lot of faith without love, and it won't count for anything, because you must mix your words and your actions with faith. Love must be an expression of faith, and faith must be an expression of love. And then getting back to Timothy. Dear Timothy, another verse this time, it's 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 6. Timothy, Timothy, Timothy. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. And that's where I want to leave you today. With this picture of Timothy being encouraged to renew his gift, to fan it into flame, to, to blow on it, to take it out and put it into practice. Take out that gift that has been hiding away on the inside of you. Fan into flame the gift of God. So this is how you renew your spiritual gift. Are you ready? I'm coming into land, so here's the important part. Number one, affirmation. Paul has already said, be sober-minded. Objective affirmation of your gift. Paul says to Timothy, fan the flame of the gift of God which is in you. I want to affirm you, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ today, I want to affirm you that you have a gift from God. You are a useful member of the body of Christ. You have a unique gift that only you can do and only you can fulfill. Affirm it. I affirm it. But Paul says to Timothy, you affirm it. Oh, I can't do it. I can't do it. No, 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 no. Don't say I can't. Say I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can speak about Jesus. I can answer that question. I can pray. I can, even in this time of confinement, I can open cells. I can grow my cell group. Affirmation number one. Number two, impartation. Impartation. Paul says this gift is in you through the laying on of my hands. And this is a time which happens where spiritual gifts are imparted as people pray for one another. And I think this is the, one of the apostolic functions as, as Paul was praying for Timothy. The Holy Spirit came upon Timothy and imparted a spiritual gift to his life. And we're going to pray for you and believe that God is going to do that before we finish this service today. It can come through the laying on of hands. Uh, it can come directly from the Holy Spirit. Affirmation. We're praying for impartation, but it has to be activated. 
activation. You have to activate it. A gift can lie dormant. I get so tired of people who hide their gifts. <coughs> that was just a tickle in the throat. <laughs> people who sing, please sing. People who can't sing, please don't. <laughs> I know, but exercise your gift. And there are gifts in you which you know about, which are happening in your life. It's time to bring them out, activate them, take it out, put it into practice. So, affirm, affirmation. Impart, impartation. Activation, act. All the different gifts, and we'll look at that in, uh, in, in the next session. Different gifts, the range, the variety. All are useful, all are useful, all are needed now. All are useful and all are needed now. 250,000 people needed. Volunteers to care for 1.5 million having to stay at home who have serious underlying conditions. In, in a day, in a day, almost double of that came in. The world is responding. It's wonderful to see human nature, human passion, people caring for one another. But we have something, let's do that and be part of that, but on top of that, there is this spiritual dimension in which God's giftedness through you can be an expression of God's love to other people. Let's pray. And as we pray right now, I'm going to pray for those things. I'm going to pray for impartation. And I want you um, to, to engage with this prayer because God will be speaking to you in the, next, in the next, next week when I come back and do some more on this. We'll be looking at particular gifts. But right now, uh, God will touch your heart. If you know what, what you're called to do, what you're able to do, God will confirm that with you and, and talk to others about what you think, uh, how, God, how does God use you, what, what are your spiritual gifts. Sometimes we, we don't see it ourselves, but other people see it, and that's why fellowship is important. So we'll spend more time on that uh, another time, but right now I want us to pray. Father, we thank you that the Holy Spirit dwells in each and every one of us, and our spiritual giftedness is from you, by your grace. We don't deserve it. But we thank you that we're not what we used to be. We are but who we are now by the grace of God and that you have made us from an antagonist into a protagonist, somebody who is for you, somebody who is part of the solution, not just part of the problem. And I pray, Father, for the impartation of the Holy Spirit to come upon everybody under the sound of my voice. I pray for gifts to be affirmed, imparted, activated in their lives and hearts, and I pray that they will be developed. And I ask, Father, that you'd give courage for us not to be arrogant in our gifting, but neither to be falsely humble and hide them away, but to be real in the way that we present who we are to others in our spiritual giftedness. And we know that in all these things, your name shall be honoured and glorified. Amen and amen and amen. Well, God bless you. Before we finish today, I want to say with you the words of grace. Pass them around to one another on uh, YouTube. Uh, record some of them and send them in and we'll be featuring them in the future. Here we go. Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all now and forever. 
and surely goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen and amen. Don't forget Sunday, we're planning all the four services as usual. Scott will be teaching at the 2.30 service, completing the 2.30 series. And Gordon Neal will be joining us from somewhere in England. And he will be sharing with us the message on healing. And the following Sunday, do you know who we've got coming to us? All the way from the United States of America, R.T. Kendall will be continuing his series on Colossians. So we have a lot to look forward to. God bless you. Sign up to the email list and watch out on our website for more information. God bless you and have a really great day. May the peace of the Lord be with you. Amen.